This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. So last night we saw it a little bit in the blues. We saw it a little bit on Saturday night where Thomas Harley... Moved up to. Oh, he was good. He was yeah, so good last night. He was night. really, really good. And we saw him paired with Miro Heiskanen um, at times. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something you've been advocating to see. And, mm-hmm. uh, I, you know, clearly after the two games, I'd like to see it on a consistent basis um, and wanted to get your thoughts and what you're seeing as far as uh, the maturity. Once again, that's a player who was down in Texas and yeah. really just. I mean, you know, was up with the stars and was one of those guys that was fighting to get in the lineup, sent back down to Texas, and it just felt like he got that groove, was playing on the number one power play down there, getting lots of minutes, you know, watching the veterans and how they go about it. I think he even admitted, you know, that he learned down in Texas. Um, and then once he was called up late last year, you know, it's it's really been a great story. And I, I read about this last week, and it's like, and I don't want to – to crap on Nils Lundqvist for this, but it's just true. We've gone out of our way and argued, well, this is why it hasn't worked for Nils Lundqvist. The stars need to do this or that for Nils Lundqvist and this and that and the other. There's all these excuses, all these excuses for young players that we often find times to to bring in. Thomas Harley, we've never made excuses for. We've never had to. He's gone from, he came up, played his game. There was never, ah, man, we, uh, you got to look past this. You got to look past that. There's never been anything like that. To me, the Thomas Harley story is how much he has saved the stars, A, by bringing an adequate potential, either, either playing with Miro, which I like. I like that a lot at times. Um, or have him drive his own pairing. I mean, the only the only flaw with Thomas Harley is he's not right-handed. Like if he was right-handed, you'd be like, okay, this is yeah, this is the this is the Kale McCarr to Devin Taves that that sure. Dallas is going to roll out for seven years now. That's the only flaw with Thomas Harley. Um, that's not even a flaw. Um, it's and I I I love his uh, the thing I love most about his game last night, and it's not just the goal. Like the Duchesne pass on the goal is great. I love the kind of he's got a bit of that. Uh, this is an old Hitch word. I know Ken Hitchcock and I butted heads on several things, but one of the words that I liked that Ken Hitchcock used quite a bit was moxie, right? Mm-hmm. And I think Thomas Harley's got a bit of that moxie for the moment, where he understands 
kind of that showtime space that place to step into a vacuum and take control of a game and he has more of that moxie than Miro Heishkinen does. And I'm not saying he's a better player than Miro Heishkinen, but like, you know what I mean? Do you understand what I'm saying with this, yeah. Gavin? Where no, Miro Heishkinen is Miro Heishkinen is a great player, world class player, um, one of the best defensemen in the world. If I'm making picking my franchise, Miro's in the top. If, if I'm building a franchise, Miro is definitely going near the top of a draft. Yeah. But Miro Heishkinen plays the same game, whether it is uh whether it's zero zero in the second period or 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 two to one with a minute left in the third period or seven one in the in, in seven one in the second or three th- or four four in overtime, that's fine and that's great. But you need guys who, even if they can't play at Miro's level all the time, they've got that dial where they can turn it up to eleven when the moment demands of it, and that's what Harley brings. And I love that about his game. And I hope like. I would I would hope like if you're a in that locker room trying to see maybe is there is there any way to squeeze out Amira Heishkinen? Is it pairing him with Harley in some of those moments where when the other guy on the pair is turning it up, is seeing the opportunity, is seeing the moment, does it uh not light a fire, but does it kind of make Miro Heishkin even a little bit better because that's what Harley has. So yeah, I, I hope that all makes sense. No, it, it does. And Josh Bogorot um, <laughs> uh, tweeted last night, Thomas Harley is the only D-man in the NHL to have a power play goal, a shorthanded goal, and an overtime goal this season. Eight total goals are just one off the league lead for defensemen. So, um, yeah, yeah he, he's been impressive. And I like what you said about the moxie because I think being sent down to Texas – I think the moxie was there in Dallas from what I heard from a very good source, Sean, was the moxie could be um, a little too confident. And I think going down to Texas and learning the game and coming back with a moxie that has confidence, but um, just a growth mindset. So uh, really, really, really excited about, you know, what he's, I mean, it's. Well, yeah, I, I, I sat down with him. This is a really good, actually. So this would have been, what year would this have been? So this would have been, because uh, it was, I want to make sure I got the year right on this, because everything, like everything that happened between 2019 and 2020 in the world just feels like it lasted 17 years. But it was, uh, okay, so it was during the 2019-20 um, season, before the before the world went to shit in 2019 20 yep. and he was playing with the mississauga steelheads um and i was actually in mississauga and sat down with harley he was still just a ohl ohl defenseman he had like 56 or 57 points in 60 games or something like that that year and he he had ego let's let's be clear he had a lot of ego in the way he talked he had a lot of ego in the way he walked he had a lot of ego in everything like you could feel it and I remember talking to Rich Peverly about it. And one of the lines Rich Peverly used to with me was, no one ever made the NHL without a healthy ego. And I've always thought of that line. I've always remembered that line. And it's ironic because it's a Thomas Harley thing that brought up the conversation with Pevs about it. But that healthy ego 
is so important because it's such a fine line of what goes too far and what and what makes someone feel entitled, makes them not work hard, yada, yada, yada. Like, And Harley is a perfect example of how he really dialed that in. Because you could even, when he was in the OHL, he was hot shit. He knew he was hot shit. He didn't really have an issue giving off that vibe with his body language. He still has that when he plays, which is good. But I don't think it's not the same anymore away from the ice. It's not the same in the way he works. And I'm giving the kid a ton of credit. I mean, he's uh, he's still only 22 years old, but like his maturity in the past four years from 18 to 22, like now we all, hopefully we all matured quite a bit between 18 and 22, but like he's really matured between 18 and 22. And um, he could have been in a spot where, and uh, full credit to him because it's impressive. Guy on the ice the last night that I'm interested in, Seattle's Adam Larson, right-handed shot. Thought he played really good last night. I just think he's a solid D-man. Um, I think his name's always mentioned because he was traded for Taylor Hall, um, <laughs> you know, in that in that big deal. But I just think he's had a terrific NHL career. And, I mean, it's just what – you know what he reminds me of, Sean? And I'm going to throw – I'm way back in Stars history. Matthias Nordstrom. And I think huh? Matthias Nordstrom was a, a better defenseman you know, he was kind of like back yeah. when they had shut down. But I yeah. just watched Adam Larson last night. And, you know, I love the guys that you're mentioning in Arizona as far as potential trade targets. Yeah. And, I mean, you know, it's still early in this process. But, you know, depending on where Seattle ends up, I was thinking to myself, you know, it's a it's a fair contract. It's only $4 million And he's, you know, in control next year. So you could have him for next year as well. So I just wanted well, to throw that, that out there and get your yeah. thoughts. And I, I actually like, I really like that idea just from in, in concept, right? Like yeah. if, if from, from in theory, like I think Adam Larson would be, Adam Larson would fix the stars defense. Honestly, yeah. that would be the thing. You're like, okay, you need a right-handed D man who can play with Miro. Boom. Yep. There's Adam Larson. Not going to kill you cap wise. Um, not going to kill you cap wise, and it's uh, and he's played and, and, and he's gonna he's gonna and he can fit and he can play and allows Thomas Harley. Like, I think Larson played like 25 26 minutes last night. Yeah. Um, I, I would love that because all of a sudden you could you could play a role where you're like, okay, we have a in Dallas, you have a Hishkinen, um, Larson pairing playing 25, 26 minutes a night. You get Harley playing 20 minutes a night with either Lindell, maybe maybe you get a chance to retry the Lundquist thing, who knows, whatever. But you get Lind, Lind, you maybe Lindell and Harley or Hockenpah and Harley, and they're playing another 20 minutes. You're taking 45 minutes of a 60-minute game right there. Yeah. And now, all of a sudden, your Ryan Suter problem? Yep. It's It's not a problem anymore. You're, is this guy uh, handling situations or not? These aren't problems anymore. Now, it would, (laughs) to get Larson out of Seattle would be tough. It's, uh, as you said, he's he's making only $4 million. He's under team control for next year, too. 
Seattle, I know, has struggled, uh, has not lived up to what the sky-high expectations were after they kind of <laughs> outperformed last year, but yep. they're, they're still only three points behind Arizona for playoff spot as we talk right now. Um, I think there's a belief in Seattle that there's they're they're still building they've always kind of been building towards year three and four they're in year three now and um taking removing larson from the situation now just doesn't seem to make sense for them um so that that's the issue it's the the issue is the cost the acquisition cost because if i'm seattle and i actually talked to quite a few people in the Seattle organization. It's one of the organizations I'm a little well-sourced with. Uh, it's hard to see um, them not immediately, and they watch Texas all the time. It's hard for them not to immediately say, that's great. Uh, let's let's start the conversation with with, with, with one of those two guys <laughs> yeah, that's first or second in the league in the AHL right yep, now. Yep. So it's hard. It's just it's just the reality of it. So yep. okay. <laughs> <laughs> that is a, that's a great point. That is a, that is a very good point, Sean. Uh- I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right. So a lot happening in the NHL. I did want to start with a Stars topic. And if you think the Board of Governors will look at this, so on Saturday night, due to cap constraints only, with Ottinger going down, the Stars... Yeah, I I do want to talk about this. Yeah, the Stars used the e-goalie because they could not call up Matt Murray yet. And my question is, will the league look at that because the emergency goalie intent is if both goalies go down, but, you know... Will this be looked at as the league and say, hey, you can only use this in the event of an injury? Yeah, so the, the league won't look at it. It's something because the the Maple Leafs set the the uh, the bar for it. The Leafs did it last year a couple times um, when they were dealing with their goalie injuries and uh, they signed the, some kid from University of Toronto to back up Justin uh, Wall, uh, Joseph, Joseph Wall yep. a couple times. So um, the league won't look at it. That's not going to change anything. I do, however, and I know it's, I have an issue with, I, I do have an issue with what the stars did on Saturday. And I don't, and I know I played goalie myself. You're supposed to be all rah-rah for the e-bug. It's a fun story, yada, yada. But at the end of the day, Gavin, the reason that people listen to podcasts like this, the reason that people watch the sport is it's entertainment. And it is a business and it is something where you're trying to put the best product out there. And I have a problem with the concept of where in theory, putting out the best possible product for consumers when we are the concussion spotter away from Scott Wedgwood getting out of the game and a guy who last played 
a real competitive hockey game on 2000 in 2018 for Niagara. Jeez. Playing in an NHL game. I have a big issue with that yep. because it's not, it's, it's, it's one thing if it happens, if it happens in mid game, if, Hey, starting goalie gets hurt, backup goalie gets hurt. Okay. Shit happens. But when you, you can't go in to warmups that way. Like I, I have a big issue with what the stars did and like not, not an issue. The stars followed the rules. They found the loophole same way that same way that the Tampa Bay lightning and, uh, when the Lightning won the Stanley Cup, they made sure they utilized LTIR properly. They they used the, they found the rule and they used it right. Same way Chicago did with Patrick Kane when they won the Stanley Cup in 2015. The Stars basically found the loophole in the rule that Toronto used last year and used it to their advantage. Fine. 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 I'm not upset with them using the rules. I'm upset that it's just, it's you should not be allowed to do that because you can't go into warm-ups where you're one injury away from... And this is nothing against Joe O'Brien. The guy was stacking kegs the other night. Like you can't like that. You, that guy can't be right. One, one injury away from playing in what is allegedly the best, the best league in the world at your sport. You, yeah. you can't have that. It delegitimizes the game for me. And I, I think honestly, the stars should have been forced to send either, um, uh, Thomas Harley or Wyatt Johnston down to the minors for a game. Because if you want to live close to the cap, it's the whole Icarus situation, right? You want to fly close to the sun. You want to be at the cap. You're going to get burned sometimes. and You're going to have to make tough decisions. The stars only have two waiver exempt players. They could have had another one. Remember, I um, and I, I bet this is even timestamped for us. Like how many times have I said they should have waived Joel Hanley a month ago, uh, right? I would say about five or six, and I'm on exactly. that bandwagon too. So they could have waived Joel Hanley a month ago, and then they wouldn't have had, then they would have had a choice. Okay, we could have sent Joel Hanley down, and then we could still Joel Hanley down or Wyatt Johnson or uh, or Thomas Harley. But the Stars should have been forced, because of how close they lived to the cap, to send either Wyatt Johnson or Thomas Harley down to open up the space to get a goalie. You should not be allowed to play an NHL game without two NHL goalies. Agreed. That I I if if you're if you're going to play and use the emergency basis on a forward it sucks, but you know what? That's fine. It's still a hockey game. Yep. For the kid watch for the kid watching like it it's also the other thing on this and with the whole emergency backup goalie stuff, right? Like everyone will point to the situation with uh David Ayers in Toronto. What if the David Ayers situation had gone, hadn't been in Toronto? Okay. David Ayers, the reason David Ayers was willing, was able to come in and play and face shots and everything like that, he practiced with the Marlies. He practiced with AHL players all the time. He practiced with yep. pros. He looked really sloppy in that game. Let's not pretend that he was good. Like that game was one of the greatest coaching performances of all time by Rod Brendamore. The fact Rod Brendamore won that game yeah. should have won him the Jack Adams that year. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you look at like I've come on and, and this is once maybe he even listens to this show and I'm sorry if he's listening to this right now, but Thomas Hodges, like when Thomas Hodges comes into the game for the Ducks against the Stars a couple years back, he plays faces three shots in the third period and it just turns the game into a farce. Like I mean Yeah. It's you can't have that type of you you can't have that type of person one injury away from playing and 
I I don't blame the starters for what they did. They decided, hey, we're gonna we're gonna where this is what the rules are. But I I really think the league to be the equivalent would be, um, Gavin. The equivalent would be uh, the Cowboys going into that Sunday night game against the going to the Sunday night game against the the Eagles and like all right, well, uh, if uh, if Dak gets hurt, if Dak gets hurt, don't worry. We've picked the guy who who really slings it really well at the Thanksgiving football game with his with his. Here's yeah. the thirty year old. Like that's the equivalent. It's yeah. the equivalent. It's. You can't do that. Yeah, yeah, I, I I agree. And the other thing that, I mean, people could say, well, hindsight's twenty twenty. Well, yeah, it is. When you're looking at the the race right now in the Central, and you're seeing three teams that are basically shuffling for first place in the Central, and yes, you're absolutely right. It is December. But I look back at some of these Stars teams in the past, like, was it last year? No, probably the year before. And I say, wow. Arizona took two games. You were swept by Montreal. Ottawa, you were swept by. You know, I mean, two points is two points. And I look well, back or, or, at the yeah, season. Yeah. And here's the other thing, too. Okay. Right now, St. Louis is actually, as, as, as much as they got Craig Brube fired and they've been struggling, St. Yeah. Louis is only one point behind Arizona for the second <laughs> wild card right now. Yeah, okay? I know. Like, say Joe O'Brien goes in, hypothetically. Say Scott Wedgwood got hurt. Joe O'Brien goes in and gets cranked for 12 goals. I'm not even kidding. 12 goals. Like that's legitimately possible. You put somebody in net who has not faced NHL shots regularly, you will be obliterated. Yeah. That is just the reality of it. And this is not like, like I, that's, that's the reality of it. So what does it do to your playoff race? Hypothetical situation. Now the blues won that game. So it's, it's fine. And O'Brien didn't play. But what if Joe O'Brien plays that game and the blues win? And at the end of the year, the Blues make the playoffs by one point because the Dallas Stars decided they had an e-bug as their we're going to play an e-bug instead of being responsible about their cap management. What do you say to the team that missed the playoffs by one point because yep, of that? I agree. So I don't no, absolutely. It's a it's a really interesting topic.